you know, I was, I was very light when I started lifting weights and the first four years I put on about 60 pounds wow. of, mus- of muscle and that, and that, you know, that was no, no extra hormonal help. That was just, you know, all natural. Um, and so the two personal trainers that I was having dinner with say, hey, you know, wow, you know, you know, a lot of information. Have you ever thought about being a personal trainer? And that was my light bulb moment. Yeah. It just hit yeah. me like a light bulb. Hang on a minute. I could spend all day in a gym and get paid. Yep. And that, you know, that was it for me. That was my aha moment. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, Paul is speaking with Czech faculty member Lee Brandon. Hello, everybody. Have you ever wondered why it is that so many people have challenges with acne, even though there are scores of products that are supposed to get rid of acne? Why hasn't the medical approach worked? And better yet, why does the medical approach to acne set you up for health challenges that are much worse than acne alone? What if I could introduce you to a health expert that has gotten far better results than the medical approach could ever offer with 100% of his clients? Well, today is that day, and if you are someone or someone you love suffers from acne, fear not. Help is here. Lee Brandon has been a student of my teaching since the early 90s and invested many years of training to become a highly skilled Czech instructor. Lee is also a metabolic typing advisor and an expert at functional diagnostic nutrition, as well as behavioral change. He's an athlete and much more. Lee's excellent books include The Anatomy of Strength and Fitness Training for Speed and Sport, The Anatomy of Yoga for Posture and Health, The Anatomy of Sports Injuries for Fitness and Rehabilitation, The Tennis Biomechanics, which I co-authored with him, and The Coronavirus Survival Guide, which is a free ebook that he offers in this podcast. In this highly informative podcast, Lee takes us on his own journey through the hell of acne, which got worse and worse until he was getting large boils on his head. He shares how healing from acne only began when he started cleaning up his diet and lifestyle and living a truly holistic life. In this podcast, you will gain an excellent understanding of the research and mechanisms of acne and what you can do about it. Lee shares with crystal clarity what the drawbacks of the medical approach are and we get into many parallel causes that often result in acne. We finish the podcast with Lee's new online program offer for Living 4D listeners. Indeed, you can learn to heal acne for good, and Lee's proven methods are the way to go if you want health to come with loss of your acne and have healthy skin for the rest of your life. Enjoy this amazing journey into the nature and causes of acne with Czech instructor Lee Brandon. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, we are going to talk about healing acne for good with Lee Brandon, who is an instructor for the Czech Institute, somebody I've been working with for many years, who uses the same barber that I do. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> and uh, Lee has all sorts of qualifications, but he is a Czech instructor. He's written several very good books, which include The Anatomy of Strength and Fitness Training for Speed and Sport, Anatomy of Yoga for Posture and Health, Anatomy of Sports Injuries for Fitness and Rehabilitation, The Tennis Biomechanics Manual, and The Coronavirus Survival Guide, which is a free ebook. Welcome to Living 4D, uh, Lee. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's great to be here. Where do they get the coronavirus survival guide free ebook from? 
So they can go to uh, secretsandpowerofyourimmunesystem.com. Secretsandpowerofyourimmunesystem.com. So you can get your free coronavirus survival guide. And I know, like myself, Lee has done a lot of research into these issues for your benefit. So Lee, we're going to talk today about freeing people from acne forever. And, you know, our topic's really more than just acne. It's really Mm. unhealthy skin, I think, is more of a proper way to look at it. Acne is the thing that a lot of people are aware of out there. But um, can you share a little bit of your biographical history, Lee, your education, and what led you to your interest in helping people heal from acne? Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a council estate in North London uh, through the 70s and 80s. And it's quite interesting listening to most of your podcasts and, and I guess working with a lot of my own clients. Looking back, I had a very untraumatic childhood. Um, looking back, very happy childhood. Absolutely uh, dominated by sport. I was sports fanatic, still am, but I played every sport under the sun. I was also quite academic. Uh, I was reasonably um, successful academically at school. And in 1987, when I left school at 18, my parents said to me, you better get a job quick, otherwise you're out on your ear on the street. (laughs) And as a naive 18-year-old, I thought they were serious. And so I thought, wow, I better get myself a job as quick as possible. So I went for a load of interviews and I went on holiday to the... uh, the party island of Ibiza with my friends came back. And luckily the day I got back, I had a job offer. So that started me on a journey of kind of office work, administrative work, IT work. And by the time I got to the mid nineties, uh, I already owned my own home. Uh, I enjoyed the job I had at the time. It was a combination of kind of uh, draftsmanship and IT, which are two things that I really enjoyed. It was quite well paid. It was very low stress. But I used to wake up every morning thinking there's got to be more to life than this. You know, I had my dream job. I had my own home. I had a sports car. You know, anyone looking at me from the outside would have said, well, you've got everything. You know, what more do you need? But I guess I was waking up every morning feeling like there was an emptiness inside of me. And I, I couldn't really work out what it was. Looking back to when I was at school, as well as playing sport, we were the only school in the whole of our borough that had a weights room. It was really unusual for for schools to have weights rooms back then. So I started lifting weights when I was about 14. So it would be 1983. And I would have lift weights a lot more often if I wasn't playing so much sport. But when I came back from another trip to Ibiza in 92, I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, wow. You need to put on some muscle and you need to lose that belly. <laughs> and um, that that got me in the gym, uh, training regularly and training hard. And, you know, something that I've never stopped doing. So when it got to the mid 90s, I used to train at a gym close to where I work in central London. And that was the first time I was exposed to personal training. So there were three guys there that were personal trainers. And I used to sit there and in the evening and have dinner after I trained in the gym and the two of the trainers 
often used to come and speak to me. And one day we were talking uh, around the dinner table and they both had sports science degrees from Loughborough University. So Loughborough University, for those that don't know, is the kind of most elite uh, university in the UK for sports science. And they both said to me, how, how have you got all this knowledge? You know, you work in an office. How do you know <laughs> all this stuff about fitness? And I said, well, I'm the kind of person when I do something, I do it properly or I don't do it at all. So when I started lifting weights in 92, I thought, well, where do I get the information from? And yeah, there were some big guys in the gym, but I kind of realized pretty soon on they didn't really know what they were doing. So I started buying fitness magazines, Muscle and Fitness and Muscle Media 2000 and Muscular Development. And there were four guys that who I used to read um, a lot. The four guys that really stood out for me, that really resonated with me at the time. Now, one guy you might know, his name's Paul Check. Yeah, I've from I've from Muscle him. Media. <laughs> I ran into him this morning in the mirror. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so obviously, as you know, you used to write for Muscle Media 2000. Yeah. And, you know, I used to get all excited when the when the magazine hit my doormat, you know, once a month. So there was yourself. There was Charles Poliquin. Mm-hmm. There was Charles Staley. Yeah. And then in muscular development, uh, the, the, the guy that resonated with me at the time was Mike Mensah. Uh-huh. So... You know, and I used to read those magazines cover to cover, every single word. And what I used to do is I used to go away and say, okay, this, this is what these guys are saying. I'm going to go in the gym and I'm going to try it. And very quickly, um, you know, I was, I was very light when I started lifting weights. And the first four years, I put on about 60 pounds wow. of, mus- of muscle. And that, and that, you know, that was no, no extra hormonal help. That was just, you know, all natural. Um, and so the two personal trainers that I was having dinner with say, you know, wow, you know, you know, a lot of information. Have you ever thought about being a personal trainer? And that was my light bulb moment. It just hit me like a light bulb. Hang on a minute. I could spend all day in a gym and get paid. Yep. And that, you know, that was it for me. That was my aha moment. So I said to the guys, what's my next step? And they said, well, you probably need to go and do a four-year degree like we did in sports science. And I said, you don't get paid to do that, right? And they said, no, you don't get paid to do that. I said, well, you know, (laughs) I've recently bought a home. I've got to pay a mortgage. That's not an option for me. I said, what's another option? And one of the guys said, you've got the knowledge already. I wouldn't worry about it. Just, Just go to a gym and start personal training. That didn't resonate with me. And the other guy said, well, probably the best qualification you can do in the uk is the american college of sports medicine so this was 1996 Mm -hmm. so i went home that day i looked at it the next day i booked on their course i studied every single second i had that i wasn't working for the next six months and then in june 96 um i got my first fitness qualification so i will be celebrating 25 years this year in the industry right on Three months later, I did their personal training qualification. Then I went on and studied nutrition with them, uh, exercise for older adults. And then things just kind of moved on from there. I started seeing clients towards the end of that year. I then went and worked in Australia for a year. I worked in Sydney. I worked in uh, Perth. Came back to the UK and continued as a trainer. 
And what I was finding when I was working, I was working in a leisure center with a group of trainers. And what I was finding was if anyone had a question, whether it would be one of the other dozen or so trainers or whether it was any of the other trainers' clients, if anyone had a question, they would always come and ask me. And I thought, okay, well, who have I got to go and ask questions? <laughs> so muscle media 2000. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think, I think, uh, I think you'd moved on from them by then. Yeah. Um, which I was very disappointed by at the time, but, um, what well, you happened, know, you know, what happened there? I'll tell you real quick. Yeah. Because some of the articles I had proposed told the truth about supplementation and that's how they were making tons of money. So as soon as I started uh, telling the truth about stuff like that, I, I didn't get a warm reception as is yeah. often the case. <laughs> yeah. So what I thought was, well, how, how, you know, where do, where do I learn more information from? So I ended up working for a large health club chain in the UK where I stayed for a number of years, but it was, it was in 2000. Uh, I think, yes, yeah, 2000, the first time you came to the UK, I believe, if I remember right. Possibly. It's been so long. And the next year, you started running courses in the UK. And I thought, you know, having read your articles in the magazine, I thought, I have to do your courses. I have to do them. And then I saw the price and I thought, okay, maybe not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they, and as anyone will know, they're not the cheapest courses uh, on the market. <laughs> so anyway, to cut a long story short, I actually did start my Czech uh, education in 2001. So it will be 20 years a Czech practitioner this year. Wow, so another, that's amazing. Congratulations. Another, another landmark. So it took me just under five and a half years to do all my Czech training. And I guess the reason, the reason I started the Czech training was because as a personal trainer, someone who I guess I would, it's fair to say I was probably relatively well uh, respected in the industry, even, even before that point. But I was finding frustration that there just wasn't enough information for me to really help everybody. I could help some people, but there was a lot of people I couldn't help as well. And I didn't, and I knew I needed to learn more. So obviously when I started, there was no Czech holistic lifestyle coaching program. That didn't start until I think 2003 or four. Um, so I studied the holistic lifestyle coaching from 2004 to 2006. 2004, I also did metabolic typing with Bill Walcott. In 2007, I studied functional diagnostic nutrition. I've continued to study functional medicine ever since. Uh, I've studied manual therapy, so I'm a sports and remedial massage therapist. Uh, I've studied active release techniques, so I've been studying that for the last seven years, eight years now. And I'm also an accredited strength and conditioning coach in the UK. So that's, a, I guess, an overview of my of my qualifications. There's a lot more, but we'd be here all day if I mentioned all of them. Yeah, well, you know, what I'm curious is how does this relate to your whole experience with and desire to develop education around acne so i guess my own experience started when i was 13 so i remember very clearly i started to get blackheads around my nose and then a, a bit later on i started getting whiteheads you know spots or pimples and it got to the point where you know 
I had to do something about it. So my mom took me to see my doctor and he offered me a topical cream called quinoderm, which contains what's called benzoyl peroxide and also a cleanser called 1006. And I tried those for a little while and they didn't really work. So, and in fact, my skin just got worse. So my mom took me back to the doctor and what had happened was actually in my class at school, there was another guy. He'd started on all the topical creams. They didn't seem to work. And he'd been given an antibiotic and his skin had cleared up. So I think, if I remember right, I remember badgering my mum saying, oh, can you take me to the doctor so I can get some of these antibiotics? So I went to the doctor and he gave me these antibiotics. And within a few weeks, as I expected, my skin got much better. But it didn't last. And the acne came back and it came back and it was worse. So I went back to the doctor again. And I remember my mum saying, you know, has, has his acne got anything to do with what he's eating? Is it anything to do with diet? And the doctor said, no, no, no. Acne's got absolutely nothing to do with diet. Now, I would say at the time I was probably eating what would be considered a normal diet. So I'd pro I was probably having wheat for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I was certainly eating a lot of dairy. I was definitely eating ice cream once a week and I was definitely drinking fizzy drinks every day. So the effect it had on me at school was that, you know, I was teased. Now, of course, probably every kid gets teased at school. But it, it was tough. And, you know, what I think I tried to do, I tried to pre pretend that it wasn't affecting me. If someone commented on my skin, I would actually deny that it was acne. I don't know what I was trying to think it could have been. Um, or if I'd squeezed a spot, I would be in complete denial that it was a spot at all. I would try and, you know, make out that it was something else. And I think it was just my way of Coping. dealing with the Yeah, it was just my way of dealing with the shame. It was almost like I was I wasn't ignoring it, but I was trying to pretend that it was something else. Now through the rest of my teenage years, it just got worse and worse. And I, con I continued with the antibiotics. I, I was on a repeat prescription. I continued with the topical lotions and creams. And I still had blackheads. I still had whiteheads. But I was now getting boils, big boils on my head, on my face, on my chest, on my back. And if you can imagine, if you had a ping pong ball and cut it in half and painted it bright red and stuck it on my face, that's what they were like. That's scary. That, you know, it was, it was, I mean, that was traumatic. Um, and I would say, you know, I'm not going to say it was like that every day. I definitely had good days, but I had a lot more bad days than I had good days. And then to, to kick a man while he's down, I also got eczema when I was 19. Wow. Um, Fungal infection. Yeah, well, Staphylococcus aureus has been shown to be heavily um, correlated with eczema as well. Um, but luckily for me, that only lasted about 18 months and it just kind of went away. I was using, you know, steroid creams and everything else that the doctor gives you, but it did go away. I don't know why, but luckily for me, it did go away. Hi, everybody. You know, people from around the world are constantly asking me where they can find organic foods and supplements that are actually organic, not just some fake impersonation, which is sadly so common in the marketplace today. 
My most common suggestion is to go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, where you can find a wide range of excellent nutritious products made from certified organic source materials. Organifi has superfood drinks that actually taste great, (laughs) unlike most, immune support products, excellent high-quality protein powders, digestive support, joint support, liver support, green juice, hormonal support, and menstrual ease nutrition formulated by a team of female herbologists for women and more. My family and I and a significant number of my clients and friends and students from around the world use and love Organifi products because they're nutritious, taste great, And unlike many products, you actually get what you pay for. Hallelujah. I love Organifi's high values and high quality products, and they're excellent for athletes, children, and the whole family. There's no better investment than investing in your own health and well-being. And when it comes to investing in my health and the health of my family, I go to Organifi. If that's not enough to make you want to explore all the amazing products waiting for you at Organifi, I'd love to sweeten the deal for you by offering you a special Living 4D with Paul Check discount of 20% on any of Organifi's excellent certified organic super clean nutritious products by using the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20 on checkout. That's CHECK20, all caps, on checkout. I hope you enjoy Organifi as much as my family and I do. You know, what I remember doing each day for 18 years, as it turned out, I would spend a long time looking in the mirror. So I was wasting so much time every day, agonizing how bad my skin looked and agonizing whether I should squeeze a spot or whether I should leave it. But generally, I would squeeze a spot, even though I know I knew it was going to make it look worse. But, you know, and if anyone's listening to this that, that's got acne or has had acne, they will know what I'm saying when I say it's so itchy. You know, it's just unbearable that the itchiness and, you know, when you burst it, it's almost like an endorphin rush You know, mm-hmm. the release of pressure. It's like an endorphin rush. It's almost like an addiction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's wasting. I, mean, I, I could have easily spent half an hour to an hour a day, every day in front of a mirror, just, you know, stressing. The one thing that made my skin better was the sunshine. Now, the fact that I played a lot of cricket. In the summertime, my skin was definitely better in the summer and it was definitely worse in the winter. But the whole time I was going through this as a teenager, I kept thinking, well, don't worry, it's not that bad because once I'm an adult, it's going to go away because this is a this is a teenage problem. But when I got into my 20s, it got even worse. Wow. And I was and I was thinking, well, how can this be? You know, because you know, we're told that this is a, a, a teenage problem but i'm an adult i'm in my 20s heading for my even when i was heading for my 30s and it was just getting worse so what would also seem to happen is if i was going for a job interview or you know you had like a big night out or a big celebration on those particular days would be when your skin would really break out the worst and again i'm sure other people listening to this if they've had acne they will say exactly the same thing when the actual day where you want your skin to look good is generally the day when it's going to be at its worst. And I've no doubt that my skin cost me new jobs, cost me promotions when I was in my 20s. And I've no doubt it cost me relationships as well. I remember during my 20s when I had relationships breaking up, it happened when I was going through a really bad time in my skin. And listen, I don't blame anyone for not finding acne attractive. 
Um, but whether it was that or whether it was my confidence that was affected by my skin, I, you know, I can't say. But, you know, it, it really did affect me in many ways. You know, I, I missed lots of nights out because some days my skin was so bad. I just couldn't bear going out and facing people. And, you know, I was, I was a bit of a party animal in my, in my 20s. And to, to not go out uh, was really depressing, you know. Um, it, and my skin would have to be really bad for me to not go out, but they did, you know, and it, it did happen. And I do remember in my mid twenties, in, in my sheer desperation, um, I know I just bought my first home and I remember thinking if someone could come along and guarantee me a solution with a money back guarantee, I would remortgage my home and I would, and I would happily give someone 25,000 pounds if they could fix my problem. Uh, and I was completely 100% behind that. And when I add up everything I'd spent on products, I spent over 18 years, I actually spent about £6,000 on products that A, didn't work, and B, made them worse. So that took me until I was 31 years old. And so I think it was in 2000 that I saw you present at Loughborough University at the FitPro convention. Right. It may have been it may have been Flat and Rabs Forever presentation. But it was if it wasn't, it was something similar. Probably. And I remember you mentioning acne. I remember you mentioning skin problems, and you mentioned food sensitivities, and you mem- and you mentioned hormones and toxicity. Yeah, and I remember thinking, well, hang on a minute, this guy's talking about stuff that my doctor's never mentioned, and it and it. Inside me, it felt right what you were saying. I felt like you, you know, and plus, I I trusted you already from what I'd learned from you on the exercise side, and I'd applied it, and I and I knew it worked. So that really got my my brain ticking over, and I went back to work on the Monday, and I remember talking to a client about what you'd said, and she said, "Oh, actually, I went to see this guy last week, and uh, he did a food sensitivity test on me," and I said, "Oh, can you give me the guy's details?" So. That week, I went and saw this guy. He was a Chinese guy. He wasn't a Chinese doctor. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what he was. Um, but basically, what he did was bioelectrical impedance testing on me. Mm-hmm. And probably took about an hour to go through everything. And then he finished the testing. And he sat, sat me down and he said, right, okay. The first thing I'm going to tell you is you've got to stop taking those antibiotics. They're not doing you any good whatsoever. And I was a bit like, oh, okay, that's strange. You're not a doctor. And then he said, you've got a fungal infection. And he said, you're intolerant to wheat, dairy, um, black pepper, peas, bell peppers. And, I, and there was a few other things that I can't remember. So he said, I'm going to put you on an antifungal diet. And you need to avoid all these foods that I've written down for you because you're intolerant to them. So I went home and I put this piece of paper, the list of foods that he'd given me. I put them up on my uh, cupboard in my kitchen and being the kind of person I am I threw away everything in my kitchen cupboards and from my fridge that I couldn't have wise yeah I, well I'm my, my business coach would say I'm the I'm a rip the band-aid off in one go kind of guy I, I don't tear it off in small pieces so two weeks later my skin had massively improved yay now I'm not going to suggest that that would happen to everybody. And I certainly, that's certainly not been my experience of helping other people too, that, you know, you, you see dramatic results that quickly, 
But I would say I went from having bad skin 40 times a year to four times a year. So that was quite dramatic. And then I'd say over the next 10 years, gradually, it got better and better and better. Did your abs flatten? <laughs> Do you know, well, actually, my abs weren't too bad before, actually. I was just um, kidding. So they, so they, didn't, they didn't change that much. <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of my own personal experience. But then it was around 2010, so 10, 11 years ago. Now, understanding how traumatic it was for me, I really wanted to share my own knowledge, my own experience to help others going through the same pain. And then just over two years ago, uh, I launched what's called the Acne, sorry, the Eliminate Acne Coaching Program, which is an online program. So I could help more people rather than just working one to one because, you know, there's only so many hours in a week that mm -hmm. I can work. So the online program is done in a group environment, but also what it allows is it allows people that can't afford to work with me one-to-one -to, -one to still get the same information from me. Because another thing that I've noticed with acne sufferers, they tend to be people at the lower end of the financial spectrum. So, you know, and that doesn't tend to be my, my average um, client. So that's the reason why, you know, I really got into helping people with acne um, and developing the, that coaching program. I'd say the only exception to the financial spectrum is teenagers with mm. hormonal shifts they get. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that in the children of the richest people and the poorest people all across the board. So uh, I know there's that variation on there. And I think why it's happening to the people in the lower financial brackets will be obvious mm. when we get to the causes of acne. So next, we should probably discuss what are the most common and some of the less common causes of acne. Well, if you, if you speak to a medical doctor, most medical doctors, I should say, they, they will tell you that, that acne is caused by an excess in androgens, so male, male hormones in the body. And when you've got excess androgens, what, what happens is you get uh, excess sebum secreted from the sebaceous glands. Uh, they're in the hair follicles because of the excess uh, androgens. So androgens make things grow. So the same with the sebum, you get more sebum production. Now, the, seb the sebum is there basically to moisturize the skin. That that's why it's there. But when you get excess sebum released, you then get blockage of the pores around the hair follicle uh, due to that excess sebum. And then you can get a buildup of dead skin in the hair follicle because it can't get out because it's, it's being blocked, which then increases a further increase in sebum being produced to try and clear the skin, which again, just, you know, you've got a bit of a vicious cycle going on. Mm -hmm. So then, so then you have the bacteria called uh, cutie bacterium acnes. It used to be called propionii bacterium acnes, but it's changed the name. I think they've realize that propionii bacterium is actually a family and it's the cutie bacterium acnes species that causes acne. And they, they live in the pores of the skin and they begin to feed on the excess sebum and the dead skin. That then causes the bacteria to proliferate and that causes the inflammation, which causes the breakout. So, so that's kind of the conventional wisdom of what causes acne. But for me, that's still more of a symptom 
than the cause. So it was about 10 years ago that I really started to do my own research into, into what causes acne because even by that point, I was already helping people with their acne, you know, for, for years before that point. But it was about 2010. I thought, well, I know what to do with people. I know what advice to give people, but I want to understand more as to why that works. So I started looking at a lot of the research into acne. And, and the first thing I found was, first of all, there was just loads of research on products, um, which was very frustrating because they're often the kind of products I use that didn't work. And these research mm -hmm. papers are saying, yeah, these products are great. They work. Um, That's the problem of uh, research being funded by product yeah. manufacturers. That's what that tracks down to almost yeah. every time. Well, the, the other thing is as well, most of these um, research, they're done over six weeks. Well, fr from my experience, these products work over six weeks. They don't work in the long term. Right. So. I think the longest study I've ever seen done on an acne product is 12 weeks. Well, you probably are going to see good results if it's only 12 weeks long. But if you do the study any longer, what you'll see is that the acne will, will generally uh, come back. It depends on the products. But the next thing I saw a lot in the research was high glycemic load in the diet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, table sugars, some fruits, flour products, things like that. So obviously what they do is they raise blood sugar uh, very quickly in the body, which produces an insulin response, but you also get a response in insulin-like growth factor or IGF-1. So these growth-inducing hormones trigger the body to secrete more sebum from the sebaceous glands. And IGF-1 also promotes skin cells called uh, keratinocytes to multiply, increasing the, scale, the, the skin cell production that can also block the skin's pores. So that, that was the first thing. The next thing I saw a lot of in the research was dairy products. So again, consuming dairy increases the production of insulin and IGF-1. And if you think about it, what's milk for? Well, why do babies drink milk? It's to stimulate rapid growth. So the dairy is creating rapid uh, growth of the uh, sebum and of the, the skin cells. Now, What's quite interesting, I looked the other day on the NHS websites. That's the National Health Service in the UK. So it's www.nhs.uk. And it said, uh, acne myths, so far research has not found any foods that cause acne. <laughs> I think that was two days ago I read that. Now, I've, lit <laughs> yeah, I've literally got hundreds of studies that show how food causes acne. So, you know, again, I think this is partly why there are so many people out there that are frustrated. You know, they've got acne. They don't know how to get rid of it. It's because they're not getting the right help. Now, what I found out even more recently is something called the mTOR pathway, which is the mechanistic target of rapamycin. Now, don't ask me to explain what that is. I've got no idea. But what I do know is that the mTOR pathway drives increased uh, skin growth and sebum production and is also involved in, in cell regrowth and is known to cause increase, or it's known to increase in levels in babies and during puberty. 
So that's one of the reasons why we see um, <clears throat> an increase in acne in uh, teenagers. So when I looked into the mTOR pathway, it's triggered by three factors. One, glucose. Where do we get glucose from? A high glycemic diet. The second thing that stimulates the mTOR pathway is IGF-1 and insulin. Where do we get that from? High glycemic diet and dairy. And the third one that I wasn't aware of, that I've only become recently aware of, is the amino acid leucine. So where do we get leucine from? We get it from meats predominantly. So there's your kind of three factors that stimulate the mTOR pathway. So that can be a tricky one because obviously we also need amino acids to help with detoxification, which I'm going to come on to talk about in a moment. And again, it's not just simple enough to, to say, well, it's the mTOR pathway that, that's at fault. Because if you look at indigenous people that live in their natural environment, they don't get acne either. I've never seen indigenous people eating their natural diets. You see it in all sorts of indigenous people who have turned to alcohol, white bread, pasteurized dairy products. They, they look as bad or worse than, yep. usually look worse than us because they're actually less uh, acclimatized than the rest of us are to processed foods, which means that it's probably causing a radical shift in their um, biological terrain relative to their normal state whereas yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of people in you know that have been more i was going to say civilized but the word is industrialized have progressively uh developed the microbiome that uh seems to be able to digest the garbage a little better yeah yeah and you know if, if you speak to indigenous people they won't have a word for acne in their language Yes, and as it Weston just, A. Price showed, they didn't even have a word for cancer when he went to visit a lot yeah. of those tribes in the in the thirties. Yeah, and when I, you know, when I had acne, I remember I used to look at old photos and old films, you know, going back to the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds, and I used to think, how come no one had acne back then? Right, because they didn't. So, you know, the mTOR pathway is is kind of not the end of the story. So. The next thing that I've experienced uh, with clients, the next thing, the next cause is an overloaded liver. And it's amazing how many people have challenged me on that to say, there's no such thing as an overloaded liver. The liver detoxes, that's what it does. And that's the end of the story. There's no such thing as an overloaded liver. Well, I, I look at the liver a little bit like a juggler at a circus that's trying to, you know, juggle a number of flaming swords in the air at any one time whilst riding on a tricycle at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, it has so many things to do, you know, processing toxins, processing hormones, helping to balance the blood sugar, producing bile and all these other functions. Okay. You know, it also helps to clean the blood, helps to get rid of waste from the body that, you know, we accumulate every day. So if the liver isn't able to detoxify adequately, toxins need to find another route for excretion. And this can be the skin, you know, yes. the, the skin is the largest organ of detoxification. So why would you think that the body wouldn't use the largest organ to detoxify? So the next question is, so why does the liver get overloaded? Well, we know that most people don't eat an organic diet. So you've got pesticides, you've got the chemical fertilizers from the food. Most people have a dysbiosis. 
So those pathogenic bacteria produce a toxin called lipopolysaccharides. If someone's got a fungal infection, they'll be producing mycotoxins. Most people have got heavy metals in their body, you know, whether it's from food, from vaccines, from air pollution. And another thing that I've found in my research, mercury and cadmium are also um, heavily linked with acne. Um, there's also plastics, PCBs, there's solvents like toluene and benzene. Our body is just so bombarded by toxins. Our poor little livers just they don't have enough hands to keep the, the balls in the air. And, you know, there's a great um, uh, page in your book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy, about, you know, 100 years ago, 120 years ago, all our liver had to deal with was a few toxins here and there, most of them natural right. toxins. And now we've got, you know, thousands of man-made toxins that our liver just didn't evolve to, to detoxify. So, you know, there's no question that for most people, their, their livers are, are overloaded. You know, turmeric's really, really hot now. There's a lot of scientific research on it, but they're not all created the same. So I brought Autumn Smith on to tell you about Paleo Valley's turmeric complex so you know exactly what the benefits are and why you, like me, should get your turmeric complex from Paleo Valley. Autumn, tell us about your turmeric complex. At Paleo Valley, we are big believers in food as medicine. And so turmeric, of course, it has beat drugs out. We know it's anti-inflammatory. We know it has brain benefits. We know it has joint benefits. But what most people don't know is that a lot of turmeric supplements only contain one isolated compound of turmeric called curcumin. And so what we did instead was create a complex. We added organic turmeric and then ginger and rosemary and clove, which were some of the most DNA protective spices studied. And we created a complex. We added organic coconut powder and pepper for absorption. And so we've created a really high quality, highly bioavailable turmeric complex that will hopefully help you to feel your best. And all you have to do to check it out is go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15, that's lowercase C-H-E-K-15 to save 15%. The next thing I would say um, I'll put these two things together. So dysbiosis in the gut and also gut hyperpermeability, so leaky gut syndrome. And, you know, what we know is that the gut microbiome influences lipids and uh, tissue fatty acid profiles, as well as sebum production and fatty acid composition of the sebum. So it plays a big role there. And what we also know is that probiotics have been shown to reduce systemic markers of inflammation and oxidative stress, which have shown to be elevated in people that suffer from acne. Also, probiotics have been shown to reduce the release of pro-inflammatory cytokines actually within the skin itself. Another thing on the same subject is substance P. That's a neuropeptide that's produced in the gut, in the brain, and on the skin as well. And that can induce uh, cell growth and inflammation. And substance P is also known to play a role in skin conditions and it makes the skin feel really itchy. So if someone has an altered gut microbiome, it promotes the release of substance P in both the gut and the skin. And again, probiotics have been shown uh, to reduce 
substance P production. And then on the same vein, mental stress, as we know, can also affect the gut microbiome and also cause leaky gut. And, so, and stress the liver. Yeah. Because as you know, from Chinese medicine, the emotion, the negative emotion process, processed by the liver is anger. And as people start feeling more and more frustrated and irritated with their inability to get help, it starts creating a negative feedback loop where the emotion stresses the liver, which then decreases the liver's capacity to detoxify, which then leads to more emotional stress. So it's sort of a, a, it's a descending spiral. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if someone has a gut lining that's, that's too permeable, then bacteria and fungi and their toxins can get into the bloodstream and they can travel anywhere in the body via the blood, including the skin. So, you know, again, you, you've just kind of alluded to it to a degree, but this might be why acne sufferers experience a breakout during times of stress, yes. such, as, such as a big event like a wedding or a job interview. I've actually been working with someone very recently that she was on that vicious cycle of the more she gets stressed, the worse her skin gets. and then the worse her skin gets, the more she gets stressed. Um, luckily, you know, she's doing really well now, but you know, she was really stuck in that circle, but you know, she's been meditating every day and that, and she's found that's, that's really helped. One of the areas of research that's really taking off as well at the moment, and I'm really excited to, to delve into this even deeper is the gut brain skin axis. And that's really what we've just been talking about. Someone gets stressed, it affects the microbiome. It affects the lining of the small intestine, uh, small intestine or the large intestine, and then that's going to lead to problems with the skin. And there's been a lot of research done with um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and acne rosacea. So there's a big, big link between those two, and there's a lot of lot of research on that. Also, um, studies have shown that stress and gut inflammation can impair the integrity and protective function of the epidermal barrier. And this leads to a reduction of antimicrobial peptides produced by the skin. And this can lead to an increase in severity of infection and inflammation in the skin. So, you know, we can't just be looking at the skin in isolation for a solution. And, you know, there's a lot of good research coming out with great results in the use of oral probiotics reducing acne symptoms so you know hopefully you know we might we might start to see uh you know a lot more benefit for people <clears throat> by improving their their gut flora one thing i was going to say there too cuz i've researched this quite a bit and i actually took a course from a German medical doctor, Dr. Oliver and I attended it a number of years ago here in San Diego. And the course looked at issues of both parasite and fungal infection. And what the, it was a female doctor, what she showed from the research that she was citing was that fungal mycotoxins actually completely have, have the capacity to almost completely disable the immune messengers of the immune system, such as interleukins and cytokines. And so she showed that when people have any 
level of fungal mycotoxins in their body, the more they have, the more disabled the immune system becomes, which is why you may remember from my training on healing fungal and parasite infections, I always say, if you've got a fungal infection and a parasite infection at the same time, you've got to clear the fungal infection first. Mm. And because the fungal antifungal diet is also a very good anti-parasitic diet, it trains people to start removing the things from their diet that typically feed the funguses. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because when people have uh, bacterial dysbiosis, accumulation of bad bacteria in the skin from the uh, pores being backed up, as you've described, the immune system can't police that stuff effectively. So it just builds up. And then when the immune system does finally get at it, you see this massive immune response because it comes at it with sort of this gung-ho effort to get rid of it, like it tries to get rid of cancer. And then eventually, if it can't do it, it just, it just gives up. But it's, I think one of the, the most important things for people to be aware of is that fungal, about 90% of the human population, based on research I've studied, has an active fungal infection. And about 90 to 95% have an active parasite infections, which is also heavily tied with leaky gut syndrome. Hmm. And, and one of the things that's important for people to remember is that whenever you're eating pasteurized dairy, you're eating something that's relatively toxic to the body. Uh, one, when you pasteurize the dairy, there's no enzyme activity. So its own digestive capacity, all foods in their natural form, as you know, carry the enzymes necessary to break that very food down. So as soon as we start overcooking and pasteurizing, we then no longer have the enzymes coming in to support our body's accumulation of enzymes for digestion and, and your whole detoxification system is enzyme-based. So when you start eating too much pasteurized anything, but particularly dairy, your body can run out of enzymes and the dairy because it's dead doesn't add life to the body. And you're, so you're basically eating dead food. It's, it's, it'd be kind of like eating the cardboard box instead of the cereal sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, countless is the number of weightlifters and bodybuilders and athletes that I've seen with chronic skin problems that cleared up as soon as I got them off of anything pasteurized and it had them start if they could handle dairy, eating raw dairy and, uh, you know, clearing fungal infections out of the body. But I think that's a very important link is the yeah. awareness that mycotoxins seriously disable the immune system. And that sets you up for problems because if you go through a period, let's say where you're eating fruit a lot in the summertime where people tend to eat more cooling foods then they're potentially going to have more and more fungal infection. But then if there's a period for some reason where they change their diet, all of a sudden it's, their skin starts to uh, change. But the reality of it is, is that the, once the uh, total load of mycotoxins goes down, the immune system then turns on. And then all of a sudden you have all hell breaking loose in the skin because the immune antibodies are coming into all these pores to try to get rid of all the bad bacteria and clear out the dead proteins. So it leads people to, to a sort of a confusing experience because oftentimes it doesn't make 
rhyme or reason as to why this is happening. They can't find a pattern to it. Mm. Well, the next thing I was going to mention kind of overlaps to a degree with what you were just saying, and that's food sensitivities, which I mentioned before. You know, when we've got a food sensitivity, they, they create a lot of inflammation in the body. And then that inflammation can reduce insulin resistance. It puts further stress on the immune system. And it just makes people more, more prone to bacterial infections. So, you know, that definitely played a big role in my own uh, recovery. And uh, certainly I've used that a lot with, with my own clients. The next thing I think is really important as well is constipation. Yes. So, you know, even if the liver is pro processing toxins really well, they still need to be excreted via the colon. You know, after all, you know, the third stage of detoxification is excretion. So if someone has constipation, the toxins, rather than being excreted, they just re-enter the bloodstream, which then increases the toxic load on the body, which could then overload the liver, and then it begins a vicious cycle. So it's really important that, you know, people have got good bowel movements, you know, if they've got acne. Now, something that's just come into my mind as well was for the first 31 years of my life, I... I had a bowel movement every day, but it would take about half an hour. Mm. And um, people generally needed a machete to get into the bathroom after me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, they were pretty hard to pass most of the time. But I thought that was normal because I didn't know any different. And I remember when, in one of my office jobs, I remember getting into trouble with my boss because I would disappear for half an hour every day. And he thought I was, you know, just trying to get out of work. And I couldn't understand when he said it shouldn't take half an hour to, to go to the toilet. I actually couldn't understand what he was saying. I thought that was completely normal. And it wasn't until I started eating right for my metabolic type that I started having what you'd, what I would now consider normal bowel movements. Um, and that was, again, around the same time that my skin started to clear up. That's something that's literally just come into my mind that I've just kind of realized. The other thing, the other cause that I've seen a lot in the literature is zinc deficiency. Now, this is quite an interesting one because, you know, zinc helps to reduce production of pro-inflammatory uh, pro cytokines. It helps the immune system fight bacteria. And it also improves skin healing. Now, the other interesting thing is I mentioned earlier that mercury and cadmium are known to cause acne. Well, mercury and cadmium also block the uptake of zinc by the cells. Yeah. So mercury and cadmium can cause zinc deficiency. Zinc deficiency is linked to acne and so is mercury and cadmium. So again, we've got like a, a bit of a vicious cycle going on there. And mercury poisoning is just as common as, as breath. I mean, I don't, I, I would have to say 95% of all the people I've done functional metal test, uh, heavy, uh, functional medicine testing on, particularly, I, I would, I made a habit of just running an environmental toxins panel mm -hmm. on everybody, which looked for, you know, the chemicals and styrofoam paints, you know, hundreds of different toxins and, and including heavy metals. And I don't think I've ever seen but a handful of people that didn't have either 
at least borderline. Like if you go low, middle, high, occasionally somebody would be on green going to yellow, but most people were in the high yellow red for mercury toxicity. And yeah. I was experience. I was one of them. I had, you know, I, you probably know the story of me having to get yeah. all my vaccinations three times in the military because they kept losing my shot records. And those things are loaded with mercury. And I, I used to be standing on stage and I couldn't remember what I was talking about. I couldn't remember what city I was in. I, I would, it got so bad. I would measure someone's joints or something, maybe hip flexion or, you know, with the goniometer. And from the time I took to the, the measurement to got to my chart, to write it down, I couldn't remember what the measurement, I have to take the measurements two or three times. In fact, it got so bad. I had to have an assistant work with me and I would call the measurements out so I wouldn't forget them. And I would also forget what side of the body I was measuring. And once I did metal free for, I think mm. two or three rounds, I probably went through about three bottles of it. It was like somebody just lifted a fog completely out of my head and my brain started functioning a hell of a lot better. I could remember things. And I just remember thinking, my God, you know, how many people's lives are being screwed up? And you start looking into the effects of mercury in the body and it just screws everything up would be a quick way to say mm -hmm. what the research shows, including Absolutely. neural entanglements and mm -hmm. brain, serious brain problems and cancers. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, and I would find all sorts of heavy metals in people. I had high levels of mercury. I had high levels of aluminum. And for some reason, I had high levels of nickel, which I have mm. no where that idea where that came from. Uh, but you Pretty, think you never had a root canal? No, I haven't. I did have several mercury amalgam fillings, which are all all gone now. And I think that's where you know probably the biggest source of mercury for people is mercury amalgam fillings. Mm. But uh, you know. There was one other thing I was going to mention. It slipped yeah. out of my mind, but but whilst whilst you're remembering, Paul, one thing I, w I mean that that metal free program yeah. that you did uh, is a really good program. But what I would say to people, if you've got mercury amalgam fillings in your mouth, do not try to get rid of the metals from your body until you've had the metal move from your mouth first. And, yeah. and obviously, get a get a good biological dentist to do that for you as well. Yeah, because I didn't know that at the time, one of the things that happened to me is my fillings all started to um, degenerate and it felt like I had an empty hole in my tooth. And so that was a negative because it meant I had to go get more dental work done to get that all cleared out. But it was a positive because it gave me objective evidence that the metal free was very powerful Mm. was and was really working because it, it my tooth went from feeling like a, a normal whole intact tooth to feeling almost like the filling was going to fall out anytime yeah the other the other um reason why i mentioned that is because if you're using a, a product like metal free it's going to release the mercury from the tooth and it's going to send it into your system and most people probably won't have the capacity to deal with that level of toxicity in, in a short period of time. So if they can remove the tooth first and then use a product like metal free, then they're able to much uh, more safely um, get rid of the, the mercury from their cells. 
Yeah. And one of the things about that though, so there's a bit of a caveat and I'd, um, I actually have a podcast scheduled with Dr. Minkoff who invented metal free metal free is an enzyme based product. So it's supposed to catabolize the heavy metals and pull them out of the body. So technically it shouldn't be overwhelming the liver like other detox approaches might. That said though, I did one time have a very drastic experience when I first started metal free, I followed the instructions, which I believe at that time was one spray a day on the initial ramp up. And after about a week, I couldn't feel anything happening. So I thought, well, let me just up the dose. And I squirted three sprays. And within about two hours, I went into a period of 72 hours of some of the most intense headache it felt like someone had ice picks going right through my eyeballs and coming out the back of my neck. I literally couldn't move. I had to lay on my bed and I, I felt like I was going to die. And so I've always warned people, follow the directions exactly. Cause if you yeah. take that stuff up. So my point being is it liberated so much mercury and heavy metals into my body. I think it completely overwhelmed my detoxification pathways yeah. and it, it, it was a, a very, intense three days yeah and that was kind of why i said that for a lot of people if they've already got fillings in their mouth that they might well have problems trying to detox the metals whilst there's metal still in the mouth yeah absolutely i think it's important uh, and and i always tell people if you have a lot of fillings you better uh, get that out sometimes i have to make a technical decision between taking the metal free and then reducing the overall burden because of the severity of their situation versus going and getting the uh, fillings out because I've had so many people have extreme reactions to having the um, mercury amalgam fillings taken out, especially people who are the dentists who are not doing it really well with yeah. damming the air so that it gets sucked out. Uh, one of my, actually, I don't know if you remember Shane McDermott, who was in my first ever level. I know, four. I know of Shane. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Mexico because he found a clinic down there and he got all of his mercury amalgam filling taken out at one time, I think eight of them. And he was sick as a dog for about three years, mm. literally about killed him. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I did say biological. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely uh, crucial that you get to, to see someone that really knows what they're doing you know, when it comes to taking out metal fillings, but just on that point of mercury, you know, there's a client I've been working with recently and I did test her for heavy metals and the mercury in her blood was off the chart. It's literally off the chart and her mer the mercury in her urine, which is telling you how much she's excreting was, was almost zero. So that was a, you know, that was a clear sign that, you know, she had a lot of mercury in the blood, She's not excreting it and she's got bad, you know, really bad. Well, not really bad, but she had bad enough acne that she wanted to come and see me. Um, and so she was the one that was quite stressed as well. She was meditating, but what really worked well for her was uh, glutathione. I was going to ask you about that yeah. because it's, it's the most powerful antioxidant there is. And uh, I, I've actually found that because I like to vaporize so much, uh, if I don't take glutathione on a daily basis or very close to it, 
than the spot that I used to have below my mm. left eye because the oils get trapped in my body from vaporizing and I can't detoxify it. But I could get rid of the spot by doing two or three saunas a day and, and spending, you know, an hour and a half in the day using the sauna and, and just cutting the smoke back. But, uh, once I started taking glutathione, it was really wild. I literally day by day watched that spot just disappear mm. and I've never seen it come back as long as I'm on a good glutathione. And right now I'm using Symbiotica's new liposomal glutathione, uh, which is actually a quite a good product as well. Yeah. Hi, everybody. You know, leaky gut syndrome is one of the most common inflammatory conditions that not only really seriously hampers our digestion, but leads to a wide variety of health problems from cognitive dysfunction to low energy to bad skin problems, pimples, rashes. The list of, of symptoms that can come from leaky gut syndrome is very, very long, and it's often misdiagnosed, and people go down all sorts of rabbit holes treating symptoms but not really getting to the cause. The most common three causes of leaky gut syndrome are stress, just too much stress in your life, which these days is really common for people. Next is the side effects of medical drugs, and about 85% of the world population is on prescribed medical drugs. And the third is consuming alcohol. And whenever stress levels rise, medical drug consumption and alcohol consumption go up, increasing gut permeability and leading to lots of health problems and energy deficiencies. And people just feeling lousy when they really need to have the energy to respond to life more effectively. But we have a phenomenal solution for you, which is Leaky Gut Guardian made by Bioptimizers. I brought Wade Lightheart in to tell us how it works and why we should use it. Wade, what is special about Leaky Gut Guardian and why should we all be using it? Well, researchers from Harvard and John Hopkins say that over 70% of your immunity is from the gut and about 80% of the population is suffering from a permeability uh, where basically the bad guys are pooping in your blood. Yes. The bottom line is Leaky Gut Guardian does a, four different things. It eliminates bad guys. It seals the gut. It replenishes the right probiotics that kind of give you the feel-good probiotics and provides those feel-good probiotics that make the neurotransmitters in the body. It contains a unique patented formula that contains IGY Max, which serves as the patch. We actually have two PhDs in biofilm who are testing this product, and the results are extraordinary to wipe out the bad guys, fix and patch up the gut so that you get the nutrients you want without the waste from these pathogenic bacterias. It is truly extraordinary. And if you mix that vanilla version that we have inside your, you know, espresso coffee with your fats, uh, yes. makes a beautiful vanilla latte. Tastes great. And of course, we also have a uh, chocolate carnivore, we call it for people who want the collagen and bone broth boosted on that one. That's for that one. And of course, the vegetarians choose the vanilla. Of course, you don't have to be a vegetarian to love the vanilla. No, absolutely. So it's very, very exciting. My wife, Penny, actually... Uh, somehow managed to get that out before I could get a hold of it. Uh, but she's working on that and uh, healing her gut. And she tells me that it's an excellent product. So I'm really excited. And she never gives compliments unless compliments are due. If she doesn't like a product, she'll tell me. So right from my own family, I have great evidence that Leaky Gut Guardian is the real deal. So why not give yourself not only some healing, but even if you feel great, some protective measures keep the right supplement coming into your body, keep the right bacteria, 
and the PhDs in biofilm, just so you guys are clear, that's the gut barrier you're talking about. So they have PH, the, the formulators have PhDs or doctorate degrees in the science of the gut barrier. So the product is developed by people that know exactly what they're doing is what you're really saying. A hundred percent. All of our products are made with the highest level of research, the experts in their field, combining with the highest quality products to ensure that it delivers on the promises and everything's backed up with a 100% money back guarantee. You can get Leaky Gut Guardian at leakygutguardian.com forward slash living number four, little d. Put in Paul 10, that's capital P-A-U-L 10, for a 10% discount off this and any other Bioptimizer's products. That's leakygutguardian.com forward slash living number four, little d. And at the end, Paul, capital P-A-U-L, 10 to get 10% off. I love Bioptimizer's products. I use them every day, and I'm confident that you will love them too. Enjoy. And just, just getting back to zinc, just to finish off that bit. Now, there's been studies, a lot of studies since the 1970s that have shown that acne improves with um, supplementing zinc for people that are zinc deficient. So we've known that for, what, 50 years now. Uh, and, and it's amazing that doctors still say diet, nutrition, it's got nothing to do with acne. It's, it's really frustrating for, for me to hear doctors say that. As another tip I can share about zinc that a lot of people aren't aware of, a couple of them. One, if you look at your fingernails, you know the little white check marks people get in their fingernails, like a little white blotch? That's an indication of zinc deficiency. Mm. And you'll see that in quite a lot of people. And the other thing is zinc deficiency is very common in people with parasite infections, particularly worm parasites. They seem to somehow be absorbing the zinc that we need in our bodies into theirs. So I've seen this uh, zinc connection with parasites and check marks in the fingernails in countless numbers of people. So, uh, and I, I used for years, I used the zinc tally test. Are you familiar with that one? No. Uh, you can look it up. It's a, a simple test. I remember, right. You drink. Yeah. You drink a little shot of this liquid. And if it, uh, tastes like something nasty, it means, uh, I think it means one of the, one of the results is either it, it if you taste bad, it means you have or you don't have zinc deficiency. And if it doesn't taste bad, then you, then it's the opposite. I haven't done that kind of testing in years because I just farm that all out now uh, to, to Dr. Oliver or other functional medicine doctors so I can focus on the things that are more interesting to me. But uh, the zinc tally test is a good way. So if you look at your fingernails and you see little white marks, uh, kind of like if you took a something sharp and press it into your fingernail till it stressed the nail itself, then you have probably got low zinc. And that would also be an indication you should have a functional medicine professional test to make sure you don't have a parasite infection. So Lee, uh, I'm curious, how have you used all the knowledge and experience that you've gained through this long process to help others on what could be a bit of a hero's journey? And I'd love to hear your words on how acne can actually be part of the hero's journey? The first thing I would say is, you know, I think it's beneficial for anyone that has acne 
to to hear from someone like me who has suffered for many years, gone through all the same dead end journey with the medical system, feeling that they've tried everything but nothing has worked, you know, suffered all the mental and emotional anguish, but yet still having come out the other side, having managed to find a solution, not only for myself, but you know, for lots of other people as well. So I think what I'm able to do extremely well with acne sufferers, having been through it myself, is to empathize with them. So, you know, if someone came to me with endometriosis, it's going to be a lot more difficult for me to empathize with someone having not been through that process myself. I had someone call me yesterday and she said, I've herniated my L4 or 5 disc and I've got a bulging L5 S1. And I said to her, that's exactly what I had seven and a half years ago. So again, it's another woman that I can you know, really empathize with. And that's the case with uh, you know, people that are suffering from acne. And you know, mo- most of what I teach my clients is a combination of what I learned in my education through the check system from yourself, but also from, from Bill Walcott and metabolic typing, and also studying functional medicine. Plus, I would say my studies on behavior change, which go right away back to 1998. And I would say what all, all, all of my teachers have encouraged is to go through the process yourself first, which is exactly what I did. So I think it's fair to say that I am a living example of what I teach my clients to do. And I don't ask my clients to do anything that I, have, I haven't done or do myself. So I'd say that that's the first thing. But when I, when I actually um, started helping people with acne, I have to be honest and say, Whilst I knew what people needed to do, I didn't always fully understand the complexity of why it worked. And, you know, I'm sure now that I still don't know everything there is to know. I think I'd be naive to think that I knew everything that there is to know. You know, we're learning new things all the time as as to the complexity of acne and skin conditions, especially the microbiome, which is an area that I'm, I'm just so excited about at the moment. But you know, not knowing everything should never undermine the simplicity of what's needed to be done by an acne sufferer to achieve clear skin for the rest of their life. Because I think it's actually a simple process. What I find saddens me now is the number of people I see on social media groups, because I, I belong to a lot of acne social media groups. And all I really see people doing is going on there saying, what product is going to solve all my problems? And that, that really saddens me, you know, because the reality is no product is going to undo the deep root cause of why someone has acne. So the first thing I try and explain to my clients is that acne is a sign of a systemic imbalance in the body. And a common cause of the imbalance is, is toxins. What acne isn't is a deficiency of antibiotics, hormone pills, or topical creams. So what I what I often do is use I use analogies to try and help people change their paradigm. And a couple of them I think I learned from you. Uh, and I might have my, my own little spin on them. But one of the analogies I use with my clients is imagine, imagine you're driving along in your car and an engine warning light comes up on your dashboard. What do you do? Most people will take it to their local mechanic to check the engine to see what the fault is that's causing the light to come on. Mm -hmm. 
But you know, the, the, the medical approach would be, well, let's give you a piece of black tape so you can cover the light on your dashboard because that's the symptom. The light is the symptom. And in acne sufferers, the symptom is the breakout on their skin. So, you know, what I am, I'm the car mechanic. I'm not the guy that's going to give you the piece of black tape to cover over the problem on your dashboard. Because if you cover over the, the light on the dashboard, we all know what's going to happen, right? Eventually, the engine's going to blow up and it's going to cost you a lot more money in the long run. So that would be one analogy I might use. Another one is I say to them, imagine you're in a rowing boat in the middle of a big lake and all of a sudden your rowing boat springs a leak. What do you do? Well, you've got a choice. You can plug the hole that stop, to stop the water coming in or you can keep trying to pour the water out as it comes in. Well, how long is it going to... In either case, you're not going anywhere because you have to let yeah. go of the oars to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you could plug the hole, you've solved the problem, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna try and pour the water out, which again is the symptom, then as soon as you stop doing that, the boat's gonna fill up with water and you're gonna sink anyway. And the third analogy, I only heard this one the other day. I thought it was quite good. It, if you imagine you've got a really st um, stiff coiled spring, and you've got to push it down. And it's quite, you, you can push it down, but you, you know, it's quite a lot of effort to push down on this spring. Well, what happens once your arm gets tired? You're going to let go and this thing's going to spring back really fast. Well, that's what you see happening when people stop taking the medication that they're on, right? They might, they may get rid of their breakouts temporarily, but as soon as they stop taking the medication, not only does it come back, it tends to come back a lot worse. So I find that that kind of helps with a lot of my clients kind of see the bigger picture. And the message I'd really like to get across is that, you know, for anyone who wishes to get rid of their acne, they can, but only if they have the motivation. And that includes having the willingness to apply the energy, the time and the financial resources to do so. If someone wants their skin to change, they have to be willing to change their lifestyle choices. And with the right professional to guide them, the process is actually very simple. They just need to be willing in most instances to step outside of their comfort zone and to change their current, what I call product obsession paradigm to one of optimizing their overall health. Every person who's hired me to help them with their acne has been successful, 100%. And, you know, as I said before, the process is actually quite simple, but you have to have the motivation to do it. And, you know, when I mentioned earlier that, you know, in my mid 20s, I just bought my first home and I was willing to pay someone £25,000 to solve my problem for me. You know, that was 25 years ago. Or more, twenty-five thousand pounds is worth. Is it, it would be worth a lot more today. But the good news for anyone listening to this who has acne now, you don't have to pay that kind of money. You pay an absolute snip of that. And you know, when I look back and think, well, how much did I invest in my education to learn how to do what I've done? It was a lot of money. But I've been acne-free for twenty years, so I see. I see investing in 
you know, getting help from a professional who knows what they're doing has got a track record of helping people. It's an investment in the rest of your life. So when I look back, I don't know what I don't know what I spent. It was a lot of money. But obviously, <laughs> this is what I do for a living. So I'd got that money back. But if I'd have just done that just to improve my skin, it would have been worth every single penny. And, you know, there's a part of me that that gets frustrated sometimes when acne sufferers don't share that same level of motivation and commitment that I had all those years ago, especially when I see the results that my clients get and how happy that makes them. But then there's another part of me that is completely aware of the subconscious behaviors that are driving that mindset. Did you want to add to that? Well, uh, you know, one thing I was going to, two, two things I was going to say is that the people that don't invest the time, energy, willingness, and necessary effort and awareness into changing their diet and lifestyle and keep using the standard medical approaches are actually pushing disease deeper and deeper into their body. And so the, the, because of the way the body works, sometimes what happens is, is you don't actually get a disease in the system that's causing the problem, i.e. the skin, but you could end up with a liver pathology or a kidney pathology or a nervous system pathology or, or any number of systems because all of us have genetic weak links. So once the stress is enough, wherever your genetic weak link is, is where you're going to actually manifest some kind of a pathology. The problem is, is most people that are going to get treated with more drugs and they're going to think, okay, now I've got another problem, which is going to give them more stress and more financial stress and more fear. And that leads to more coping strategies with the eating of the very foods that are often driving the acne to begin with. So if, if a person doesn't realize that Acne is actually a symptom of often, as we've discussed, many systems that are overloaded or too much toxicity in the body, which comes with hormonal imbalances and fungal infections and parasite infections and environmental toxicities. So if you don't actually take a holistic approach to it and make, make, get clear that what you're dealing with is not the acne, the acne itself is the symptom of what we could call a combination of a very out of balance lifestyle, a lack of knowledge of what a human body is and how it works. And the reality that our environment has become very toxic and our food is very toxic. And, you know, you mentioned things like farming chemicals, which you mentioned pesticides, but there's also herbicides, rodenticides, mm. fungicides, then you have food additives, preservatives, colorings, emulsifiers, flavors, and other chemicals such as binders in food, many of which are not only toxic, but gastrointestinal inflammatory. And then you've got uh, all these foods with all sorts of oils in them, like canola oil, that the body just does not have the, me the mechanism to break down. They just don't mm. break down in our body. And so then the detox system gets completely overwhelmed with all this stuff that's, that's, you know, it doesn't even have a means of breaking down. So naturally it's going to push it out the skin. And so I think that anybody that has acne that's listening to this needs to know that 
it's the body saying, help, help, I need help. I mean, when you get to the point where you're having boils, that's a very serious condition because in my experience, people that have boils are usually also brewing cancer in their body. The level of toxicity in the body when boils show up is extremely high. So usually you're just one step away from some kind of a major disease process. I'm sure all of you know that mushrooms have a wide range of amazing healing benefits, and they're talked about a lot in the news these days. There's a huge amount of research going on. And one of the companies that does a lot of research and produces excellent products, of course, is Symbiotica. And they have an amazing new organic longevity mushroom product. So Sherveen's here to explain to us exactly what we can expect from this amazing product. Sherveen, what have you guys got coming out for us? <laughs> this one's exciting because as you know, you know, me and my family, we've been hunting mushrooms in the forests of the Pacific Northwest and you know, Northeast Canada for a long time. And medicinal mushrooms, the, the, the background of it being a Taoist immortal practice coming from ancient China. This is, um, this is something new. And this is the first time it's ever been done before. Nobody has ever made a liposomal mushroom complex ever in the history of supplementation, at least in this epoch. And what we got in this one is we got king trumpet, turkey tail, and trotia maitake and the queen rishi mushrooms all blended together all grown here in san diego in an organic grow farm certified organic so nothing's coming from china and it's no offense to china but there's a massive amounts of industrial pollution there and regulations there are really really low so this is this is safe for everyone all ages we use organic cacao extracts and this is almost like a dessert it's so delicious the benefits we all kind of know mushrooms. It's an adaptogenic herb. It helps your body adapt to the environments. They contain B vitamins, triterpenes, metabolites, you know, vitamin D, prebiotics. They all support a healthy immune system, nervous system. They lower systemic inflammation. And it's delicious. It's like a chocolate fudge dessert, and you can use it in any way you want, any application, straight from the bottle. You can put it on top of foods. You can put it on top of fruits. I mean, this one's going viral right now in so many ways, and uh, I'm really excited for everyone to try it. Well, head on over to symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A, and get your happy California-raised sunshine mushrooms with some high-end chocolate. And what a great way to start your day and know you're loving your body. On checkout, use your code, capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15. That's check 15 for your 15% discount. And while you're there, check out all the amazing products at Symbiotica. You can't go wrong. The other thing is, is that from the perspective of the hero's journey, which is really our journey into becoming whole as an individual, whole unto ourselves, which means I can take care of myself. I can think rationally and effectively. I'm not codependent on someone else to tell me what to do. I know that life is a process that requires honest commitment and engagement to grow in instead of just trying to take shortcuts. The hero's journey has classically 12 steps, but they're broken into three simple phases. One is the ordeal, which in this case would be the acne. Next is the departure. Okay, now I've got an ordeal. So now I have to go on this journey to figure it out, which you've clearly described. But with the ordeal, 
it's very well known from, from Joseph Campbell's teachings and others that have studied the hero's journey that very few people can actually make it through the hero's journey once they have the ordeal and then they go on the departure if they don't meet the mentor. And it's a paradox because in Latin, the word doctor means teacher, but we've lost that. You know, uh-huh. there are a few great doctors out there like Zach Bush and, and various other doctors that people like you and I know, but I would say 98% of doctors are not actually really teaching anything, nor are they practicing medicine. They're really just pharmacists uh-huh. and surgeons. And so the, the, what you described is is meeting mentors. You met me. You met Bill Walcott. You've studied functional medicine. So you've had mentors. And, and the mentor is essential because they're the people that have already not only handled their own ordeal departure and made the return, but they've also helped many other people on these journeys. So they really have the conviction, the strength, and the wisdom to help make decisions that most people don't have the ability to make like when do you use functional testing functional medicine testing what supplements are or aren't effective or may or may not be effective for you what are the contributing causes what are the psychological factors that need to be looked at such as stress management um so once you have the ordeal and you go on the journey and you meet the mentor through that process of really honestly learning how to take care of yourself and be aware of what you need to be aware of with regard to food sensitivities, food quality, uh, how your environment might need to change uh, so that your environment's not so toxic. And, And a good example of toxicity is a lot of the people in the lower income brackets eat a lot of food out of cans and cans and can liners are highly toxic. And I found countless people when I did environmental toxicity testing had the chemicals that are classically released by cans and can liners. Um, things like latex uh, lining. Uh, people, for example, they when they have latex frying pans, they say that the latex doesn't leach. I'll never forget, though, that the first time the food, uh, the salad master people came to give me a demonstration, they said, do you happen to have a latex frying pan? Well, I, I did. And they said, well, let us do a demonstration for you. And they took that latex frying pan. They put about an inch of water in it and a teaspoon of baking soda. And they let that water boil for two or three minutes and then let it cool. And they said, they, the, what, the lady handed me a teaspoon and she said, take a teaspoon of that water and smell it. And it smelled extremely strong of latex. And I actually tasted it, even though that was probably not a smart thing to do. I was curious how much of that's actually getting into the water beyond. And it, it tasted like I was drinking liquid plastic. I didn't swallow it. I just put a little bit of, I sipped a little bit off the end of the teaspoon and it was just shocking but most people are convinced that latex does not leach even under high heat, but one teaspoon of baking soda such sucks so much latex out of that frying pan. It was incredible. So the, the point is, is that when we're on the hero's journey and we have a mentor, we're going through the process of gaining knowledge, going through the experience of applying the knowledge, 
applied knowledge leads to wisdom. And then when we have the wisdom, we actually can look out into the world and in seconds spot all the people that are making all the mistakes we're making because we know exactly what the indicators look like. It's like I tell people, once you've healed from gluten intolerance, I ask my patients, how hard is it for you to recognize somebody with gluten intolerance? They go, oh, I see them everywhere. It's obvious. So the point I'm driving at here is that acne really is an invitation into the hero's journey because a lot of acne comes from two things, ignorance and an unwillingness to pay attention to what you're doing to yourself, coupled with the ignorance of not knowing not only what you're doing to yourself, but what to do about it. Therefore, the mentor has to be in place. But today, it's it's very hard to find a mentor, A, that has actually been through acne, and B, that isn't just a pill pusher, and C, who's got enough awareness of the integration of holistic systems to know what other systems need to be evaluated, balanced, and and how to guide you. And also, like you said, you've studied behavioral change. I've actually, uh, I don't know if you remember, but when your facility was in a church mm. in London, I attended a presentation you give on behavior mm. change and, and it was very, very good. And, you know, if, if you don't have support by a mentor, you can have the greatest functional medicine doctors and therapists in the world, but if they don't really understand how much skill is required by the mentor or the coach to coach people through the process of change, you can have all the right pills and all the right ideas. But if those ideas are not put into practice because a person's got problems with the behavioral change and, and, and the behavioral change, as you know, is anchored to all sorts of unconscious behaviors and even mm. genetic transfer of habitual things such as addictions. and people actually can have a lot of other psychological issues. For example, if their acne or their illness is giving them uh, the freedom to bow out of responsibilities or to, to say that I'm sick or uh, I don't want to be put in a situation where people can see me because my skin, so someone else has to do whatever they're going to do. So you can get a victim archetype going. Mm. And then there's also the unresolved saboteur archetype where they sabotage their own process, usually because they have an addiction to things like sugar and they don't realize that, that they're trying to justify their addiction, which is only meaning that they're spending all this time, energy, and money on doctors, therapists, pills, and creams, but it's wasted money because they're creating the disease as fast as they're trying to heal it. So I think you know, that the hero's journey aspect of acne is the same as it is with any disease. Mm. It's, it's a quickening of consciousness. It's a real opportunity to learn how to live. And, and in my philosophy, as you know, we always need to embrace the pain teacher. We don't want to numb it. We don't want to put the black tape over the dashboard light, the warning light. We want to actually become very good listeners and pay very close attention to what our body's telling us. And I think one of the pathologies that we have that links to acne and many other diseases is that we've become so trapped in our minds and so oriented towards 
digital information and images on screens and what everybody else is doing that we've lost touch with our relationship with ourself. We only recognize ourself in what we're doing outside of ourselves or what we're posting on the internet or how many likes we're getting or whether we're making enough money or we have the right fashion clothes or the coolest car or whatever. And whenever we have something like acne or a real illness, it usually is an invitation to to come back, to bring your psyche back within itself, which without that inner awareness, you're never going to identify your own habits and behaviors that are contributing to your own pathology. So I think what I'm really trying to get across here is that one, you obviously have a lot of experience and a lot of skill and have had a lot of great mentors and you know this process inside and out. And you've also studied behavioral change and know how to apply it. And you also understand how much wisdom can be gained by really learning what it is that's causing your problem, whether it be a back injury or a colitis or a leaky gut syndrome or metabolic syndrome or acne or anything else. They're all invitations from the pain teacher to take more responsibility for the amazing gift of the human body and the, and Mm. the, because it's the interface with consciousness. It's the interface with the world and the whole universe. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the analogy I would give is if you were a fish in an aquarium full of water and the water represents consciousness and the aquarium represents the universe if people keep pouring soda pop and coffee and garbage food into the aquarium, pretty soon the fish can't see anything in the aquarium and it can't breathe. And it becomes less and less conscious, which tends to make it more and more tired and less willing to make change and more and more likely to reach for substitutes such as coffee, sugar, tea, five-hour energy, monster, Red Bull, trying to pick it up so it can continue the patholo- pathological relationship with itself that ultimately boils down to it's actually in this metaphor, the fish that keeps filling its water with garbage and not realizing that you have to put a, a, an effective filtration system in place, or you're never actually going to be conscious, nor are you going to get healthy. And it's sad for me to see how many people just become medical statistics Mm. due to ignorance, a lack of guidance, and a lack of willingness, which, as you know, is exactly why the whole check system begins with number one. What is the dream that you have that's bigger than the challenge that you're facing? So you have something to draw you forward psychologically, to give you the inspiration and the motivation to develop the discipline to make the changes to get to the destination of being free of the acne or whatever the disease process is. So, you know, paradoxically, all of these problems as irritating and painful and challenging and scary as they are, are often rites of passages into adulthood. And in our culture where we've lost our elders and we've lost effective education and we've lost um, oral transmission of myths and the things that used to guide us, and we've lost our connection with the earth. 
then these pathologies that we're experiencing globally, including COVID, are all an invitation to wake up and say, okay, I've got to do the work to resolve this, and I cannot expect something I can put in my mouth or rub on my skin to take the problem away. Uh, you know, taking vaccinations, for example, isn't really addressing the problem, especially when you look at the connection between the environment and our health, whether that be COVID or anything else. We keep excluding the environmental factor. We keep excluding our own participation in the outcome of any disease, plague, or syndrome. So I think that for those listening that want to go on the hero's journey with Lee, this is a really grand opportunity to have at your grasp who can work with you through the internet worldwide, somebody that really knows the process and knows each of the steps and can also help you in your, your psychological development so that you gain greater and greater freedom. Because as we heal things like this, we learn how to create freedom for ourselves. And, and to be free, you have to be healthy, right? Mm. If you're not healthy, you're not free. <clears throat> if you say you're not healthy and you're free, I just ask you what drug you're using <laughs> <laughs> because you're stoned. <laughs> so, Lee, what are the most common approaches to acne prescribed by doctors or available in the general marketplace? And what are the common uh, examples of the complications of these various approaches. You, you, you did highlight a little bit on it, but what I'm trying to get here is what are the most likely things people are going to be told for their acne? And what are the complications that these approaches are likely to cause aside from what you've already mentioned? Well, from my experience, what I tend to see there are four main approaches that tend to be used by, by medical doctors. One is antibiotics. Two, combined contraceptives for females. Mm. The third bracket I would put under other hormone treatments. And the fourth one would be topical creams and cleansers. So with regards to antibiotics, the common ones tend to be erythromycin, which I used for probably at least 12 years, Tetracycline, I use that one as well. Doxycycline, I use that one as well. And there's monocycline and there's others that, you know, but they're probably the most four common antibiotics that I'm aware of. Well, the first thing is that, you know, long term use of antibiotics can cause antibiotic resistance. So, you know, as someone that used antibiotics for 18 years, what happens if I get into a situation where I need an antibiotic to save my life? Well, it, it might be that it's going to cost me my life. So, you know, we really need to, to consider those things. The other thing is that taking antibiotics short-term as well as long-term will tend to damage the gut microbiome. And, you know, as well as killing the, the QT bacterium acnes, which causes acne, they'll also kill the beneficial bacteria that arguably play the most important role in our overall health. You know, our, our gut microbiome is linked to almost all disease now. And, you know, taking antibiotics just leaves the door wide open to pathogenic bacteria and fungus, which again, in their own right, can cause acne. And studies have shown that 
those people that use topical or oral antibiotics are three times as likely to show an increase of bacteria in their throat and tonsils compared to people that don't use antibiotics. And long-term use of antibiotics has also been associated with an increase uh, risk in upper respiratory infections. And listen to this one, skin bacteria. What's acne? It's a, it's a skin bacteria. So also it affects uh, blood sugar levels. And again, how important is blood sugar levels to, to overall health? It's absolutely crucial. So that's antibiotics. Well, there's one more thing I'd like yeah. to toss in there. Yeah. All this chronic use of antibiotics has led to a worldwide problem with antibiotic resistance. So you can end up in the hospital and get a staph infection or MRSA or some nasty, nasty thing because your body, the pathogenic bacteria in your body now eats those antibiotics up like candy. It just eats, it learns how to eat them as food. So, you know, antibiotics are supposed to be used in life-threatening situations, not mm. on a daily basis. That's just part of the disease of the pharmaceutical industry, not giving a damn about how they rape people for their money. But, you know, for those of you listening, if you chronically use antibiotics and then you get into a car accident or you have to have a surgical procedure, you have set yourself up for probably one of the most dangerous situations you could possibly be in. Because when the doctors go to operate on you, your bacteria are not going, the, the, the pathogenic bacteria in the environment or on surgical tools or on the breaths of the medical staff working on you or anything else, they're going to get right into you and there's no, nothing to, to defend you. So it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing to keep using antibiotics with any kind of uh, chronic use without really getting motivated to get to the core issue. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Paul, I'm, I'm someone, I had life-saving surgery when I was six weeks old. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not anti-pharmaceuticals but I am anti over-prescribing of pharmaceuticals when they're not even needed. I, I tell everybody, you've probably heard me <clears> say it, there's no such thing as a bad drug or a bad exercise, only an incorrectly prescribed drug or exercise. Mm. Now, that said, there are some things out there that just shouldn't be used at all. I mean, you know, I don't believe there's any application for mercury in a medicine. I don't mm. think, I think that's just foolish. And we have such advanced technology and ways of doing things other ways, but oftentimes it boils down to cost effectiveness and or ulterior motives. I mean, here's an example of an ulterior motive. Uh, one of the things that I learned when I researched fluoride and toothpaste is that it's one of the most toxic agents there is, and the government legalized putting it into toothpaste and other items because they were under corporate pressure to decrease the cost of detoxifying it uh, based on the standards of, of industry, which means it would have to be put in carefully sealed containers and protected like nuclear weight radiation waste. So, you know, here we have people not realizing that they're brushing their teeth with a very high end toxin that should never be in the human body, but they've legalized it for ulterior motives. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of just crazy stuff that goes on that, if people don't meet the 
pain teacher at the door and take the lessons and start looking for people that actually have real wisdom, then they can just become a victim of the system and their own lack of uh, willingness to do the work to free themselves of the system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, I'm guessing they would have used antibiotics when I had my life-saving surgery when I was six, six weeks old. But when I was eight years old, I was almost killed by penicillin. I went into full anaphylaxis, um, which was pretty scary for my parents at the time. But obviously, I'm, I'm still here to tell the story. So again, it's just, I guess it's an example that, you know, they can save your life or they can kill you. Yes. It seems to me that not only those with acne, but most health challenges, particularly those that are chronic and or fall into the category of lifestyle diseases, need a paradigm shift. As we've been discussing, magic bullets don't get to the core issues. Lee, what kind of coaching tips do you give your clients with acne challenges to help them make the paradigm shift? Um, so you've kind of touched on this already. I, I explain to my clients that acne is a warning sign. And it allows us to realize that our body's out of balance and it gives us an opportunity to put it right. So if there's no acne, there's no incentive to change. So acne can be a great motivator to change. So once, once our body systems are balanced, there's simply no place for acne in the body. It can no longer exist. And using an allopathic treatment like an antibiotic or a topical cream will only work until you stop using it. And what usually happens is that, you know, it comes back much worse once you stop, but deal with the underlying cause and it goes away for a lifetime. So again, I say to my clients, as much as it doesn't seem like it, it really is a blessing to really prevent a much worse illness further down the line and an opportunity to live a much more vibrant, productive and enjoyable life without limitations. So in the uh, online coaching program that I mentioned earlier, Eliminate Adult Acne, what, what I've done is I've simplified it into basically a four-stage simple process that I call the RAD method. So RAD is R-A-D-D. So it's an acronym. And R stands for replace. And that is to replace foods known to cause acne. And I say replace because I don't mean eliminate, because I don't just say to people, right, stop eating sugary foods. I would say, right, we need to stop eating these, but what, what we need to replace it with, and I give them the options and let them choose what that might be. The A stands for avoid, so avoid food sensitivities. So what I do is I teach them different ways in which they can find out what foods they're sensitive to. And again, we substitute them out of the diet. The first D stands for detoxify and detoxify from the outside in. So I help them find out what toxins that they're being exposed to in their environment and how to reduce or eliminate that exposure. The second D also stands for detoxify, but this time from the inside out. So depending on what the client needs, it could be um, they need metal fillings replaced, they might need a heavy metal detox. They might need to rebalance their microbiome. They might need a colon cleanse or a liver cleanse or whatever it might be. So what I do is I coach them. So all the information is already online. 
they go through it at their own pace. But they also have the opportunity to be coached in a group environment with me once every week. So they get uh, given tasks to do each week. And what they do is they have a checklist and they have to send that in each week so I can see what, of the, what tasks they've managed to do. And I can see what challenges they're having and I help coach them through any challenges that they might be having. Sounds very good. I know you're offering a discount today and do you want to share the uh, web address for the program and, and whatever the discount is? I see yeah. uh, you've got a code. Have you already worked out the code with Penny? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if, if anyone wants to look into potentially working with me on my program, if they go to skinwebinar.com and if they go to the webinar, you'll see there's a presentation of me talking about how I help people with acne. There's examples of people that I've helped. And then there's an option to request uh, a consultation with me one-on-one. -on -one. And in that consultation, I will give people a plan to overcome their acne. And then during that consultation, they can um, decide if they want to work with me or not. Either way is fine. But also, I decide whether I want to take them on as a client because I actually turn away more people than I take on because I will only allow people to do my program that I think are ready. Right. So, so if anyone wants to do the program, they just have to tell me the code, check 10, and they can get a 10% uh, discount off the program. Excellent. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground today. And can I just uh, say can I just sure. say one more thing? Yeah. So just just to add, for any practitioners listening in, I also have an exciting brand new online uh, course as well, where they can learn a lot of the complexities or the science on some of the areas that we've been discussing today, not just to help with acne clients, but almost all forms of health challenges. And that's called Heal Them. And the them is another acronym that stands for toxicity, hormones, electromagnetic radiation, and the microbiome. So there are four modules to the course. And in each module, I give a breakdown and share the science of how each subject affects health, what diseases they're known to be linked with, how we can run diagnostic tests for each of those areas if we need to, and what we need to do to help our clients get back to optimal health. So it's an online course, and students, again, can complete that in their own pace. And it's absolutely ideal for those that have completed Check HLC3 as well. I'd say it's a great course for those people. The website for that is uh, Heal Them, so H-E-A-L-T-H-E-M, education.com. And again, there's a 10% discount if they use the code CHECK10. But there's also uh, a payment plan option. And if people want to, um, want to choose that option, there's a different code. It's 10% again but it's a check 10 PP for payment plan. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about this health education program, how could somebody listening d discern whether or not they're ready for that level of training or that density of education? Yeah. So what I would recommend that people that haven't done HLC1, or they're not a qualified nutritionist or functional medicine practitioner already, it's probably, it's probably too much for them at the moment. Uh, if someone's done HLC2, they probably are ready. But people that have done HLC3 are, are absolutely ready uh, for that program. 
So that would mean it would be great for how about people like physical therapists, chiropractors, osteopaths, doctors? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if they if they've read how to eat, move and be healthy or they've done HLC one, then they've got the see the HLC one and how to eat, move and be healthy really lays the foundation on which I've built on top of, if that makes sense. Yeah. So with, so without without that knowledge, if you don't understand the six foundation factors of health, or you don't understand the four doctors, you're probably not ready for that program. Uh, but if you understand that, then you know you'll you'll get a lot of benefit from it. Okay, and and for those of you that haven't done my holistic lifestyle coach level one, which is what Lee's referring to as HLC, holistic lifestyle coach level one, that's my public access program that teaches you how to apply the information in my book, how to eat, move and be healthy and more it's co-taught by Angie check. And it's available at chekinstitute.com in our online learning course. Uh, the books available from the Institute, how to eat, move and be healthy is at the Institute or on Amazon. And those foundation programs are extremely important to anybody because they're really the basis of a lot of what we've talked about here. And as Lee said, even if you're a healthcare professional of any type, from exercise professional to medical doctor, that is the essential information that we all have to understand as healthcare professionals of any type. Because if you don't have that, then you don't have the basis by which the body has gathers the resources and the energy to heal itself. So you can, you know, you can play around with functional medicine and all sorts of stuff. But if you don't understand nutrition, hydration, sleep, breathing, thinking, movement, and four doctors, then the dragon that you're avoiding is going to be way more powerful than the dragon you're learning how to manage in, in a more advanced course. Yeah. Any closing comments, Lee, before we say goodbye for the day? No, that's all good. All right. Well, listen, it's been a great journey. Um, it was fun for me, Lee, cause I haven't thought about acne in years and you know, my clients are, are usually coming to me for, you know, so much more complicated issues and, you know, like life crisis problems or coming out of the jungle with her mind scrambled from doing too much ayahuasca and these kinds of things. So it was great for me to get a nice update on all the literature and learning some new things. So thank you. I got my own private tutorial and, uh, that's one of the things I've always loved about you is you're always extremely thorough with everything and leave a beautiful trail of references so people can go check it out. And I know that you have done this thoroughly yourself and yeah. been with me for many years. So I can tell you all with zero reservation that Lee is the real deal. And if you are interested in education, uh, Lee's books are phenomenal. They're beautifully illustrated, very, very well done. So that was the anatomy of strength and fitness training for speed and sport, anatomy of yoga for posture and health, anatomy of sports injuries for fitness and rehabilitation, the tennis biomechanics manual, which is sort of a little bit of a joint project between Lee and I. He did all the work. I, I kind of <laughs> built the structure. And uh, then the coronavirus coronavirus survival guide ebook, which is free. What's the address for the coronavirus for survival Se guide free book? Se Secrets and power of your immune system.com. There you go. 
All right, Lee, great podcast. I hope that we have been able to support everybody that wants to heal their acne. And also for the rest of you uh, that listen to my podcast regularly, I imagine by now you're starting to see after listening to over 120 interviews, how everything loops back to these basic foundation principles, which if not addressed, open the door to a lot of problems in your life, physically, emotionally, and mentally. So Lee, great job. Thank you very much. Look forward to our next chance to do anything together. And thank all of you. I thank you all for all you listeners for anything you buy from the sponsors. It supports the podcast. It supports the planet. And they're all amazing companies that are highly sustainable with beautiful values. So thank you for supporting the sponsors, yourself and I, so we can all keep sharing lots of love and effective education and each do our part to make the world a better place each day. Bye for now. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Lee Brandon. Follow Lee on Instagram at bodycheckinjuryrehab or visit his website at bodycheck.co.uk. That's B-O-D-Y-C-H-E-K dot C-O dot U-K. Save 10% off Lee's Eliminate Adult Acne online coaching program. Visit skinwebinar.com and use the promo code CHECK10. That's capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, one zero. You can also get 10% discount off Lee's Heal Them professional education program, whether you pay upfront or take advantage of the six-month payment plan option. Visit HealThemEducation.com and use the promo code CHECK10 for the one-time payment or pay over six months and save 10% with the promo code CHECK10PP. Follow Paul on Instagram and Twitter at Living4D Podcast or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash Living4D with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and get your free subscription to Check videos and more at the Check Institute's new media site, chikiva.com. Music